Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So let us begin. So our 20 begins with Rey having just been called down into the basement of Maz's castle. She's feeling... Uh, spiritually pulled towards this dark and dusty corner where there's a chest. She opens the chest, and of course, inside is the hilt of the infamous Graflex lightsaber, once belonging to Anakin Skywalker and then Luke Skywalker. She touches it and is sucked into this uh, subconscious force vision, uh, which we'll discuss at length. Uh, then when she kind of releases it, she has a little heart-to-heart with Maz Kanata, where she basically says, I'm never touching that thing again. Leave me alone. I don't want any part of this. And Maz is like, no, you have a destiny. I know you have the force in you. And then Ray runs away into the jungle without any rhyme or reason, <laughs> kind of like a bit of a moron, but at the same time, uh, it's necessary to Like apply. a teenager. Yeah, t- like a teenager. Actually, very good. Well, p- well put. Um, so then they transfer to the snowy planet, which is Starkiller base. Hux is giving a very Hitler-like speech about the ending of the, about ending the Republic and their disorder. Uh, he fires up the big super weapon, uh, which blows up the Hosnian system, includes the galactic capital. Uh, the resistance sees this, uh, on Takodano and they see that the first order is arriving with a bunch of the ships. And so the first order has just blown up the Republic and they're just showed up on scene. So all hell breaks loose with a bunch of stormtroopers arriving. So there's a big shootout, uh, heroes versus villains. Uh, meanwhile in the woods, Ray is trying to evade capture because she's with BB-8 and it's pretty clear they're looking for BB-8. Uh, so she's gunning down stormtroopers, but then also Kylo Ren enters the woods and, uh, well, it happens closer towards the end of the 20, but ultimately he is able to use the force to seize her, learns that she has in her little noggin the, the information about how to find Luke Skywalker, and so he captures her. Yes, so Finn uses the Graflex that we've come to know and that was calling out to Rey, but Maz says, here's the weapon that you have to use. Uh, it's now your time to rise. Uh, he fights a few stormtroopers. Uh, he's much better with a blaster than he is with the lightsaber. He is a little bit clumsy and random with the lightsaber as opposed to the blaster. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but uh, Han saves his life by boring Chewie's bowcaster and blows a stormtrooper the fuck away. Han really likes the bowcaster. Uh, and really, after all hell breaks loose and Kylo Ren takes Rey aboard the ship, he pulls his troops back, they leave, and Han goes over to the Resistance, who came in and kind of swooped in and saved the day, led by Poe, uh, and he knows that their leader, their general, will be there, and out steps Leia Organa, uh, and then C-3PO kind of steps in, he kind of ruins their uh, their moment, but he, he gets out of the picture pretty quickly, and Han and Leia share a moment talking about Ben and his fall, and how Han saw him, and how they were sad, but it was good that to see each other for the first time in what was quite a while. It ends with kind of a regroup back at the the base of the resistance folk uh, where basically they decide, okay, we've got to make a plan. This is obviously going down sooner than we thought. So we're going to have to do some stuff about this. Namely, we need to get Ray back because that's that's Finn's main, well, main goal. And he's also shown goal. a lot of loyalty to the resistance by having left the First Order. But they also need to know what the hell to do about this Starkiller base, and Finn knows all about that. So for Finn, it's kind of like quid pro quo. Uh, let's all go, and let's save Rey on Starkiller base, and that's the reason as to why I will tell you about it. Right. And that way I'll go with Solo, and then we'll do all this stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. How you uh, doing, big deal? Uh, he also gets uh, Finn also gets reacquainted with Poe in this 20. Oh, that's right. That was all very... 
I mean, I, I think that the bromance that we like to ship between these two is built of this one particular oh, hug. absolutely. And the, like, biting of Poe's lip that he does. It, it is, like, it is objectively sexually charged, <laughs> this meeting, isn't it? It's, like, especially the bequeathing of the jacket, keep it, it looks good on you. That is a steamy way he delivers that line. You completed my mission, Finn. That's my jacket. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. Keep it, it suits you. You're a good man, Finn. It could just be because Oscar Isaac is just so damn good looking. Maybe that's uh, it. And, uh, but I don't know. I think it, it just kind of works a little bit with, with the character. You think it's pure? I, I think it works either way. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's just pure from Poe. I like regard. I like the exchange. Uh, they see each other from across the tarmac. And they both are really excited. And they're about to run at each other and embrace. And <laughs> Finn says, Poe Dameron, you're alive. And Poe goes, buddy, you are too. <laughs> It's not the best writing, but somehow they sell it. Oh, yeah. There's a couple little quirky things in there. But there, are, I got actually had a ton of lines from this 20. I thought there were quite a few. Do you want to go there first? Or yeah, do you want to? might as well dive right okay, into sure. it. And then we'll go into Ray's vision and chatting about that a little bit more depth. Okay, go for it. Um, well, Maz had a shit ton, so just go through there. She uh, speaks beautifully. Yeah. That lightsaber was Luke's and his father before him. And now it calls to you. Han told me, dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. Whomever you're waiting for on Jakku, they're never coming back, but there's someone who still could. Uh, the belonging the, yeah. you seek is not behind you. It's ahead of you. I am no Jedi, but I know the force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. Feel it. The light. It's always been there. It will guide you. The saber. Take it. See, this is all such better exposition than what we get from Leia later on, who's like, no, it, it was Snoke. I don't know why she talks like this all of a sudden. <laughs> Nobody seems to talk about it, And I know we're not supposed to say anything bad about Carrie Fisher. And I love Carrie Fisher. But like, no one talks about what happened to her vocal cords. No, it was Snoke. He seduced our son to the dark side, but we can still save him. Like, doing lots of drugs make it sound like you just, like, have cotton balls in your teeth all the time? Well, I, I know our, our grandmother's not listening to this. Right. Uh, but think of, I highly doubt Nanny Betty, when she was in her 20s and late teens, had the, like, rough rough <laughs> rasp to her voice i don't think and carrie fisher has like a smoker's voice though she has this weird like softening of consonants no, she's got a, like a, a much harder drugs voice <laughs> all right someone who's been a lot of raves and screaming and this doesn't explain what happened to leia well I drugs think... probably <laughs> yeah leia she definitely she <laughs> she had a hard turn that's the reason why han had to leave right i want to see that disney plus series that's right we, the only thing we were good at leia was just so good at blow <laughs> that's right i had to go back to everything i was good at yeah. smuggling or heroin right <laughs> yeah. no but her exposition is really bad no it was snoke he seduced our son to the dark side it isn't great exposition and but... it's just not very well acted uh, that's fair, uh, but it is good to have some of those lines. Like Leia does have a couple ones in there. Uh, when did that ever help? And don't say the Death Star. I right. thought that was funny. Yeah, that's fun. Um, and that's why I wanted to train with Luke. Uh, I just should have never sent him away. That's when I lost him. That's when I lost you both. Right. Oh, as long as we're talking about the Finn and Poe bromance, that's one hell of a pilot. That's one hell of a pilot! Woo-hoo! is a pretty great line. Yeah, that is a great the line. The way he delivers it is so excited. I was going to make it a trivia question, but I just ran out of time. Do you know how many friggin' TIE Fighters Poe blows up? Oh, no. I didn't count, but well, I did count for only for a couple seconds. In like a five-second period, he blows up five. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. And that's like 
just like he easily blows up another five before it right. and probably a few after. So <laughs> that's one hell of a pilot. One hell of a pilot. And by the way, I love his orange and black X-Wing fighting. Oh, it looks awesome. Like yeah. before this movie, X-Wings were basically all the same color. They were, or they were gray and they had some different accent colors. Yeah. But like that, the whole hull of this thing is painted Halloween. Oh, yeah, it is great. sexy. I love it. Oh, it just works for the character too, especially with the way you kind of learn more about him in The Last Jedi too. And much like the helmet of the Stormtrooper, it's another way they subtly updated this canonical Star Wars that we know without yep. changing it too much. Yeah, I mean, there was the white and blue ones as well. Um, but... I, 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 it is a little odd that Pose stands out alone, but at the same time, it, it does kind of work. I think the Black Squadron, I think there are more ships that look similar to it later on. Right. Um, my 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 suggestion for what to title the episode is some variation on The Girl I've Heard So Much About. The Girl I've Heard So Much About. That works too. Um, yeah, what were you thinking? I had down here as the temporary one, Traitor. Just traitor. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that that kind of became Finn's moniker because of this 20. Yeah, well, it was funny because that Stormtrooper um, was for a long time jokingly referred to as TR8R. Oh, okay. Which works. Because he's the one who says it? Yeah, traitor. TR. All right. Is he the one who gets the Graflex from Finn at one point? Because I was thinking about like whatever Stormtrooper it is who dies no. with Luke's lightsaber in his hands. Like whatever extra got to play that Stormtrooper has a pretty cool story. He got probably to like Kevin Smith or something. It, well, it's not Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Smith is a Stormtrooper in that. In The Force Awakens? In that scene. He was not thin enough then. Doesn't matter. Maybe it's only the top of his head or maybe it's only his hand holding the Graflex. I'm not saying it's Kevin Smith. What I'm saying is like... It wouldn't shock me because just that would be the kind of shit that he would be able to pull off. Except for that Kevin Smith wouldn't be able to resist up, telling you that he got to die in a Star Wars movie with the Graflex in his hands. That's true. He would tell us all about that. JJ probably just picked a random person. Because that's a cool That's a cool oh, yeah, thing absolutely to have. Very cool. uh, no, it's not the same one as uh, TR-8R, um, whose actual call sign is FN2199. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So very He's close to Finn's. Only 12 after. Also from the FN division. Yes. Which oh. is interesting, because uh, I know a little bit about this guy, and it pertains to my master question. Do you want me to go to my master question already? Uh, sure. I know that they tell us more about that character in a comic series. I don't really know anything about uh, the character, other than I think they trained together. Okay, so this is my master question. It's the only trivia question I could come up with that I liked. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Name the weapon used by the Stormtrooper in combat with Finn and his lightsaber. Oh. It's some form of electrostaff. Um... That's not what I read. Is a, is a, is scythe part of the name? No, all of those sound very cool. Uh, but what I read online is that it's a Z six riot control baton. He's from oh, the, yes. he's from the riot squad. Yeah, right. I've heard the riot control batons before. I mean, yeah. I never would have in a million years guessed whatever the call letters were. Z six, whatever you no, said. No, of course. But, yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. a cool device, and the way he, it is. They, the way they like square in on him that as he whips it out is pretty cool. It is, but like at the same time, that's just it seems it's just very first ordery. Yep. Like Snoke's Praetorian Guards have things like that. The Knights of Ren have kind of weapons like that. Other Stormtroopers have weapons like that. When Finn takes out Phasma, he's using a weapon like that. That's true. They're pretty common. Oh, the big stick with the zappy things on either end? Is that what he gets Phasma with? Yeah, to a degree. Like there's some variations of this same device uh, used frequently by the First Order. Right. And I think it's of, like, the Electro Staff family. As long as we're talking about the First Order, can we talk about the Hitlerian sequence? Sure. At this very moment, in a system far from here, the New Republic 
lies to the galaxy while secretly supporting the treachery of the loathsome resistance. I don't I don't like it. I don't like the Nazi salute. Yeah, I find that's way too on the nose for yeah. Star Wars, which I, I know that historically Star Wars has often, uh, if not tonally, symbolically made references to real life warfare. Oh, yeah. um, it just feels a little too real where Star Wars is supposed to be escapism. These are supposed yeah. to be fun movies. And that is, it's just so real. It is pretty in your face as to what it's supposed to be kind of connecting towards but it's also supposed to show you just how insanely sinister they are but they were able to do that with tarkin without having to have him ever raise his voice and like and it's nothing against donald gleason who i'm sure just did his job and is of course a good actor um and by the way he's not as bumbling in this movie as i think no, we he, often he remember comes him across as insane and terrifying kind for of. sure but for some reason we have this idea of him as kind of bumbling because well, right? he is in the last jedi he is in the last Jedi. well uh, just in general we don't care about him so it's easy to write him off oh yeah he's easily the second son he's either the second he's easily snoke's second favorite and he's probably gonna have a crap death in rise of skywalker he's probably going to have an embarrassing death which is fine yeah Maybe. He's not going to die a hero. No. And he's not going to die in a blaze of glory. Either. No. It's going to be like, nah. Okay, I see what you mean. Fair enough. Um, but he's obviously really malevolent here. And it's just kind of chilling. And, and it's yeah. just so... Uh, it's so Nazi. It is. But, I mean, it, it, it is supposed to be. I agree. It is a little it stops too feeling on the like, It stops feeling like Star Wars is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. And the, the language he's using is... Does he call them grotesque at one point? Also, does he? They use the word republic a lot in this twenty, which is interesting because they don't ever refer to the republic in this movie otherwise. But the pro- they do a few times here. Well, that's kind of the problem: is people talk about the the lack of political description that occurs like within this sequel trilogy. Yeah, and I think there's been some things that maybe have just been staring us in the face and there's definitely some things that people just haven't really seen the connections between of course it's supposed to be the leftover remnants of the empire we say it in the start like in the crawl uh like rose from like the the ashes of the empire right um i think at one point uh the title of the force awakens was either ashes of the empire um that's a good title especially if you want to have darth vader's helmet sitting in ashes play an even larger role yeah um Shadow of the Empire, I think, was... Uh, I like that less. No, like, I, I'm pretty sure. I think that was a comic series. I was going to say, it sounds like a comic or a, or a video game. Yeah, and so, like... But, like, there's, there's definitely ways in which you can, like, kind of show the First Order was, without a doubt, built off the Empire and the evil kind of base that they built there. Um, but, I don't know. I think you're kind of supposed to just, like, really... They're trying to hammer home what the political state is, and they do it in too short amount of time for anyone to really grab a concept because they only show the Hosnian system for like one second. Right. You don't really understand what's going on until after it's happened, and then you're confused because you're trying to piece it together, and there's so much other action going on that you don't care. You're not p- focused on that. No, exactly. Yeah. It's the other action that takes it over, and so it's hard for you to process, okay, what is the state of the galaxy really like right now? No, but it's confusing because the last time we heard about the Republic was in the prequel trilogy, yep. and it, and we're led to believe that what was the Republic became the Empire, so it's weird that we're now referring to the Republic again as the good guys. Oh, no, no. Well, yeah, the Republic were never the bad guys. No, I know, but they 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 were, transformed. They transformed. But a, the Republic in general is a good thing. It, it right. means it's a democracy, but- that's what's also provided in the exposition in the crawl as well. Yeah. The New Republic, um, 
like, no, known the, as the resistance. Yeah, the, no. The First Order rose from the ashes of the Empire to challenge the New Republic or whatever it was. The resistance is uh, kind of like a black ops military group that broke off and was being funded by the government to decide to dis- kind of evaluate whether the First Order was really as big of a threat as they thought. Right. And while the resistance was evaluating, the First Order blew up <laughs> the Republic, and so the first the resistance became a rebellion because they were not well, and they're, they're just this movie's version of the rebellion. Of they're, course, they're the same thing as the well, rebellion but that's was. A, that's what says that's what Luke says in the Last Jedi. Right. The rebellion is reborn today. Right. Not resistance. The rebellion is reborn today. And that's what I really liked about that one, too. Was, I know it's another movie in the last 20 of that one. but Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, definitely. We got lots to get to. Uh, I'll give you some of my uh, trivia now. Did okay, you sure. only have the one? Well, I mean, I had what was the planetary system they blew up on Starkiller Base in this 20. It was the Hosnian system. Okay, fair You enough. said it a second ago. But just before you move on, can we talk about the Hosnian system? Do we know anything about it? Do we know any of the planets that were decimated in this 20? How many? Okay, my Padawan question. How many celestial objects does Starkiller Base blow up? <laughs> uh, I think it's six. Close, five. It's five. I was going to guess five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I, I did have to do some look there. It's Hosnian Prime and the other planets within the Hosnian system. So there's the Hosnian Sun and there's Hosnian Prime. And then there are the other kind of planets that are in that system. And the, so the Ho- Hosnian Prime is, is the rotating capital. Uh, it's the current Coruscant. Uh, it's where all the galactic decisions are being made. It's where the Republic and Senate is. And so it's just blown the fuck up. What makes this so much more ominous than when we see Alderaan blown up in, in A New Hope is that we actually see the faces of people yeah. watching their doom on the horizon. Whereas like the, the decimation of Alderaan, it doesn't hurt at all. And that's aided only by the fact that Leia gets over it real fast. Oh, yeah. And so you don't really ever get until after the fact how menacing the Death Star is. But this is pretty effective in conveying that. Yeah. But it, it at the same time, it's interesting the way that planet's blowing up. Like, think of Rogue One. Yeah. And the but Rogue One did a better job of showing us but, how insane the Death Star was. But, like, the destruction of those planets. This is six planets that just blew up. Yeah. And, like, and it, instantaneously. But it's just, like, poof, poof. Yep. Poof, poof. Like it, it, it almost seems anticlimactic. Um, what is? It's more like depressing in the sense that you see their faces, but it's almost more anticlimactic. What is the first order's uh, like textbook reasoning for having to blow up these planets? Like, what is their claim politically? What are they saying? Like, they're saying that the Republic. It, it's it, there's ties actually, which is funny. There's more ties to po- the political scene now than there was obviously back in 2015 when this movie came out. It was very much that the First Order was going on the notion of the current political system we have, the Republic, the government, they're corrupt. Right. We need to take over the corruption. We need to get, we need to clean house. Yeah. They've, they're, Drain support, this they're supporting this resistance, this like black ops terrorist group. We're just going to wipe them out, start clean. Right. Let's load our let's load our guns and start clean. Um, and but so the difference is they're blowing up planets within their own galaxy. It, it's not it's not like some hypothetical president bombing Iran because he perceives them as an enemy. This is actually at home. This is local. Yeah, but it's also partly because it's really divided factions. I mean, you could like, it's there is no monarchy here, but it would almost be as like the monarchy versus the government. Right. And you have certain people who believe one is the true leadership and certain people who believe the other is the true leadership. Okay. The monarchy in this instance is corrupt as friggin' hell. Right. It's the empire and what is left of it, the first order. And so 
the republic is your government. And so it's it's kind of that divide as to which people are people allegiant to. It's all your perspective because really, unless you're looking at it as a matter of like principle and the values that they're conveying, either side could be right. Either side is in their right. Either side is right in saying the other side is wrong right. and that they're criminals. You just have to look at the moral decisions that they're making and see, obviously, the First Order are terrorists. Well, this is why I asked if they were trying to spin it with some kind of political angle to justify, at least for the history books, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we have to do it this way for your safety, the way governments talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like that. It's yeah. basically like you... I figured it was nuanced the, like yeah, that. Yeah, the current yeah. government that, you, that is out there is corrupt and so we need to bring order back the way order existed with the empire right because that's the way the first order paints it they paints the empire as order not as like control which is what it was right okay that's really all i have for trivia questions i did write another one down but it's so innocuous and dumb that i feel silly reading it but read it uh, in which direction do ray and bb8 try to escape during the attack like which compass direction <laughs> I was I was grasping at straws. Where do we, how do we know where north is? It doesn't matter. Uh, one of the stormtroopers tells Ren they went that way. Oh, west. It is west. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I had a one in four shot. Yes, you did. Yeah. Um, well, I guess there's always. Well, on the screen it would look east. She ran right. That's true. So. Yep. Um, let's get into the vision. Okay. Oh yeah. There's there, that's where we're gonna have most of our conversation. I think. Yeah. Ah! I assume you broke it down frame for frame. I have literally all of it broken down on a chart here. So I'm just trying to zoom in a little bit easier. The first thing we see is Ray in a hallway. Yeah, so let me break it down in the fullest. Uh, actually, I'm going to start out by asking you a question. My, my final... No, I have two more questions. Uh, I'll ask you my um, Jedi Knight question. Okay. Uh, Who has the most lines in Ray's vision? Is it Obi-Wan? It is Obi-Wan. See, I I only really know about Obi-Wan at all because I remember hearing that fun yes. fact about how they took Ewan McGregor and also Alec Guinness and they cut the word Ray out of the word afraid. Yeah, which to, is awesome. It's so cool. Um, my master question, just because while I'm here. Um, oh, no, it's also in this. Uh, from which movies are the sound bites from Ray's vision taken? Oh, the I... non like new sound bites that aren't you like, mean like stuff they took from Alec Guinness? Stuff they took from other movies. What movies are they from? Return of the Jedi and uh, the Revenge of the Sith. Those are the two. I don't know. Uh, it is Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, and you could debate the Force. Uh, the Force Awakens. Something else we've already heard in this movie. 
uh, well, or stuff that's yet to come in the movie. Sounds like the Kylo being there. Sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let me go through all the little details of everything that happens in this vision. It's broken down in a really great chart. Oh, sorry. There is also a new hope, a new hope. There's one line from new hope. In there. Okay. So we start out and, um, Darth Vader's breathing. Yep. The lightsaber sound turns on. Ray screams, no, little Ray. Uh, she's in a hallway. Yep. The one where Luke and Vader were fighting on Bespin. Um, the hallway starts to fall away. The hallway falls away. Yoda screams, or not Yoda screams, but uh, it's energy. Like, it's energy binds us. Like, right. Uh, he yeah. says that. Uh, you hear Luke scream no uh, when Obi-Wan's dying. You see Luke and R2 outside the temple as it's burning down. Okay. Luke puts his hand on R2. You, you say a lot of this like it's common knowledge. Like, all the Yoda stuff you just said, Luke screaming, like, that's not obvious to most people. And also, Fair. it's it's not even really um, Clear. Co- coherent. No, yeah. it's not. There are things that are not in the subtitles that are in the vision. Right. No, I have no doubt they're all part of the recipe, and I'm sure you know it to be true, but... This could be new information for certain listeners. That's fair. That's a good uh, point. And and honestly, like, I mean, obviously you can tell that that's Luke, the hooded figure with the robotic hand who touches R2-D2. But where is he? Do we know that? It is definitely 100% uh, the burning down of his Jedi temple. Okay, but because, why, why do we know that? Because we see it in The Last Jedi. Okay. We see him with, like, his hood on after Ben just knocked down the little hut that they were in. Right. He kind of looks, he looks his frumpiest and his silliest. Yeah, and his Jedi clothes look really silly. He's very sad and covered in dirt. Yeah, and he's looking at the building. He's got his. He's on all fours, and then he puts his hand on R two. So it's just a different angle. Oh, that's right. So we see do. the same shot with a different angle. That's right. Yeah. Um. So we know that that one it, it had already passed happened. But that wasn't clear at this time. It could have been anywhere. That's correct. Yeah. Um. However, we also see later in the vision, and I'll, we'll get to that in a sec. Okay. Um. The next thing is Obi Wan says, "You will be tempted." Oh, yes. But you cannot control it. Two different lines from Obi-Wan. Uh, Yoda surrounds us. Yeah. Which it's the it's energy. <laughs> right. The pause. Surrounds us. Surrounds us. Um, and those are all those lines so far are from The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, the next line uh, as um, Rey is being in like the field with Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. Yeah. And she's on the ground. And the clan leader is impaled. Mm-hmm. The character is called the clan leader. Interesting. It's always been in text. Is he a knight of Ren? He's not a knight of Ren. Okay. That's all we know. He's The clan leader is how he was always referred to. Uh, a lot of people uh, kind of speculated based on how th- certain things were kind of mapped out that he could have been uh, of the Church of the Force. So he could have been like kind of a branch of what Laura Santeca was doing, and there was artifacts that they were collecting. It's very hard to imagine him as a virtuous figure, given his name as the clan leader. Yes, and there was also a possibility that it's the dark side of that, and that these potentially were Sith acolytes. Right. These were the Sith wannabes. Well, I thought maybe the Knights of Ren had a clan leader, because, like, the clan, they're referred to as Knights of the clan, right? Knights of the Ren, uh, Knights of Ren. No, I know, I'm talking about the clan. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um... I don't think we want. I don't think we're trying to associate our Skywalker with the KKK. I couldn't agree more. But clan leader is just a loaded phrase. But Kylo kills the clan leader. Yep. So he kills the clan leader in what looks like a protective act of Ray. Sure. Uh, and Ray stands up, and then Kylo approaches her, but kind of like he's the only one that sees her. Yeah. Uh, which is really why I believe that the vision potential that they've, the visions they've been having, and the vision they have in the next movie. 
this is kind of a small version of that. But it's also Kylo's the only one who sees her in this. Yes. Kylo's, Kylo approaches her. Well, these two it, connect on a whole other realm. That's the thing. We're yeah. going to have to learn way more about that because Kylo approaches her in the rain there, and then he approaches her in the forest after. Right. But all other visions that she sees, she is an observing figure, not part of the vision. True. Um, even when she's observing herself as a younger child. Uh, and so in the background, though, one flash of lightning. So it's literally a split second. The only way we've seen it is because people have been able to freeze frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally tried because I was watching this and I thought I saw it. I couldn't freeze frame it, so I had to look it up to see if I was right, and it was. And it's very, you can see, it is, it's the exact same shape, so if it's not, that's a great misdirect, but it very much looks like Luke's Jedi Temple is in the background. Okay. So, I don't know what that means. Does that imply Rey has been there? Maybe. Yeah. But then again, why is Kylo killing this clan leader? Um, was, was the clan leader maybe a protective group outside of the, like jedi academy area well, we could be seeing what's yet to come because a part of this vision is her and kylo in the woods which she then has that battle yep 45 minutes later there's also a few more things that like i'm curious about like his helmet's not on in right. that battle later on but True. it is in the vision um but she hasn't seen what he looks like yes so how would she know at that point so it's kind of interesting like if she doesn't know what he looks like how can the mask is put up there um I'll get into something else later on that kind of does also relate to that with new content. Uh, anyway, uh, you then skip uh, skip to young Ray, and she's like, "No," and Uncarplot uh, is like, "Quiet, girl." Right. Um, and this is where she's being left by her family, or yeah, whoever. of sorts. There's a ship yeah. that's parting out, and then we see it's almost like this, like the screen, like everything goes red, and it turns into like a mail slot. Okay. Uh, I have a the picture here. I don't know if I recall. Uh, I just have the picture here. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know why. It looks like Armageddon, doesn't it? It she, does. She's seeing this slot in the distance. But yeah, it's like the ship turns into a slot. Yeah. And like it changes the scene. It might just be a stylistic thing, but I'm curious to know if, I don't know, maybe she was imprisoned of sorts. Okay. If she was, like maybe this is something of memory. Where the light fading away, and like, I don't know. This it just it was a it was a strong visual, a striking visual. You talking about carbonite? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was just it was a striking visual, and the way it kind of glowed red, it did kind of remind me of the way Han's eyes opened up in the carbonite oh, in cool. Return of the Jedi. That's cool. It's kind of just the what what I saw, and if you as you're looking at the picture here, and remember what the thawing looked like. It looks distant is the only dis- difference. It, like, it looks like she's looking off at a horizon. And, and True. But think about if you were on the inside of Carbonite. What would the first look of light be like? Right. Maybe that would be kind of like... Are you, are you saying that this is a, a, a memory of her awakening or her hibernation? Either. I guess it could be either. It wouldn't matter yeah. in that regard. Right. Um, and then, um, yeah. Ray then flashes to the snowy woods in Starkiller base where she Kylo pops up behind a tree. She falls over and then she's back in Maz's uh, basement. That's right. So there's the force vision. And then Obi-Wan at the very end saying, these are your first steps. Ray, these are your first steps. These are your first steps. Yeah. So it is interesting that Obi-Wan has the most lines in there by a couple. That was misleading. You did a whole like Ray well, is a Kenobi thing like, I think like a year ago on the podcast. There are like a lot of things work with it. Yep. It really does work nicely. And, and, and these movies have a no trace of Kenobi in them. Which no. seems a little lacking. And also they just announced the Kenobi movie. Conveniently, there's going to be no information 
information about it until after the rise of skywalker there's still definitely things that like leave that open up like why is obi-wan never mentioned but he has four lines in this it would be a shame i'm not saying ray has to be a kenobi but it would be a shame not to have some kind of obi-wan uh footprint on this next movie one thing that could be cool and it's the most ridiculous theory that i don't believe but i'm gonna throw it out there because it's fun uh is that richard e grant is not a legion general pride it's a huge like it's just a misdirect. There okay. Is, there is no Legion General Pride. We have seen him in yeah. a uniform, I though. I think there is a small, small, maybe like half a percent chance. Because they, you can do it. Sure. You do them, you do like a, a little Photoshop makeup of Richard E. Grant. He looks a crap ton like Alec Guinness. Is that right? Yeah. Interesting. You can really. He's gonna. You think Obi Wan's got kids out there? No, 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 no. My whole point is there's a slim, slim, slim chance. That Richard E. Grant is like an Obi-Wan Force ghost that only is in it for like a couple seconds. That wouldn't be popular. I don't think it would Anybody be Anybody but Ewan McGregor doing it, it wouldn't it just wouldn't be popular. It would, it would be it would be distracting for people, in fact. They'd be no, like, what the hell? No, 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 Colin. The same way that like Tarkin. It wouldn't it would look like Alec Guinness. Exactly like Alec Guinness. Yeah. I know, but I still I, I don't think there's a chance. I still think you just get Ewan McGregor for that. Yeah, maybe. Blend their faces. It looks a little bit more seamless. Makes them look a little bit more like the same person. Yeah, but they also want it to be consistent to what the end of Return of the Jedi It just be. seems weird that he wouldn't come up. Oh, and, and, and frankly... We've seen a picture of them. It's not happening. But it's just... I, no, w- I, I would I, like to show you what they look, what he looks like with a little bit of makeup. I just mean his footprint on the movie in general, Obi-Wan's. Because yeah. like this is supposed to be the final chapter in the Skywalker saga. We keep hearing about that. And in a big way... The first six Star Wars movies were the story of the friendship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, Yeah, you could also say the manipulation of Palpatine. And so it really comes down to, at this point, the only source for Rey is Kenobi or Palpatine. If she's not, like, if she's not born of the Skywalker right, blood. But I think you made a pretty big breakthrough last week when you said that if you are a Skywalker, you I, are a Palpatine. Well, that's why I do believe that. That yeah. is 100% my belief. And I have more theory to back that up. And I've got more fun stuff that I've been working on with that. So okay, we'll get great. to that shortly. All right, great. Um, there's just a couple things left. Uh, I did like the interaction between Han and Leia. The You changed your hair. Same jacket. No, new jacket. New jacket. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, are you crazy, lady? I've never seen this jacket before. <laughs> Uh, and then there is also um, the fact that this was not supposed to be the first time Leia was in the movie. Interesting. And, well, and, and that's the only reason why we're able to get her in The Rise of Skywalker. Right. And so a lot of people keep forgetting that, like, oh, she was barely in the first two movies. Are we going to get any ever? She was supposed to be introduced a good chunk earlier in this movie. Maz gives her the lightsaber in a version of this movie. Oh, okay. And then, therefore, we assume she gives it to Rey or Finn. Do we ever find out why... I mean, I guess you don't know, but do you think we'll find out why Maz has that lightsaber? I don't know. It does seem interesting. I don't know if it's a story for another time. Do you think she... That was actually my original uh, title for the episode before I changed it to Traitor. Story for another time? A story for another time. Yeah, I like that too. Do you think that she what? has any uh, personnel overlap with Laura Santeca? They must know each other, right? You would think. You would think. You would think potentially that they could uh, have the same circles of belief now you talked recently about how though it's probably unlikely it's not out of the question that we could learn still that finn has some force abilities himself it's possible and we do see him wield that lightsaber albeit not amazingly well but he still manages to get some shit done mm-hmm. in, in this 20 
Uh, and of course, we were led to believe initially by all the pre-promo of this movie that he would be the Force-sensitive one because we saw him with that lightsaber. Yeah. Now, it's worth mentioning, he does not have any kind of realize your destiny vision when he picks up that Graflex for no. the first time. I don't know. I, I guess I don't have anything else to say about that. I don't really think that he is a Jedi. No. In general, I think the the, the there, vision was was powerful, and obviously, it's a good thing for us to discuss, and it's mm-hmm. created a lot of mystery about this this series of Star Wars, which I think didn't always exist with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much wondering as there is now, and this this vision I think helps to propel that more than anything. But it's a little bit more. Uh, abstract than Star Wars usually serves you up. Usually, Star oh, Wars yes. is pretty forthright. Oh, absolutely, and that's what like that's what they brought in with the with the sequels. Yep, uh, and it was a way to bring mis- mystery back into Star Wars, in the way that the prequels were so severely lacking. Right, in that the mystery wasn't always there in the original trilogy, but after the certainly was after the Empire Strikes Back, and the love was so high after the original. That got so many people theorizing about damn near everything. Right. And then everything wraps up in Return of the Jedi. It mm-hmm. wraps up perfectly. So you don't have anything that you're really waiting for in that regard. Whereas with episode one, you're waiting for the return of what's this galaxy going to be like. Right. In episode two, what's our Darth Vader going to be like? Oh, this is disappointing. Episode three, well, we don't get any Darth Vader. We don't get any Clone Wars. You're giving us the like five minutes between everything. Okay. Yeah. And we know everything that's going to happen, though, but we don't actually get to see it happen. We just, we know it's going to happen, and we just don't get to see it happen. We get to see everything in between. That, what, the, what the hell? Right. So, like, that's an issue of bad timing. And so in this one, they do need to still provide us some intrigue, and it's the main reason as to why anyone who tries to judge this trilogy off of two movies is a bonehead. Right. Because it's not doable. Right. Okay, let's judge uh, The Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope as the trilogy right so the robot just said that he's the main character's dad (laughs) yeah okay that's the end that's that's all we know it's just stupid right stupid crap people didn't like the empire strikes back at the right right away oh that's fascinating i know it's so interesting it took a little bit of time the greatest movie twist of all time was actually not popular well it it depends i mean yeah it was certainly not well received by everybody and it took a little bit of time for certain people but they got over it because it was the best movie. Also, be open to changing your yeah. mind. And that's when, and that's the thing. You have to be. Right. And that's why it's so much fun to speculate so many different things because that way you're never going to be married to one thing. Now, I do have uh, one. I thought I had a couple of 3PO nitpicks. I really only have one. And it's that he, he calls Han Han at one point. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does. The other thing. I, was I going, did like one 3PO line. I was going to say that it's weird that he acts like he knows BB-8, but he does know BB-8. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't occur to me until really just now, like, of course he does. They're from the same crew. Although, he does kind of seem like he's replaced R2 with BB-8, the way he's like, come on, BB-8. Like, now he's just got another little diminutive droid that he walks around with because he, by the way, very sadly says of R2, he may never be his old self again. Yeah, he has that sad moment with R2. I still think that works. BB-8, you're wasting your time. It is very doubtful that R2 would have the rest of the map in his backup data. I am afraid not. R2-D2 has been in low power mode ever since Master Luke went away. And like he's like, come on, BB-8. It's his, like, it's his new sidekick. But even in his new sidekick, he still wants to tell the tale of his part of his partner R2. I mean, it still works in my in my mind. But at the same time, R2 is as much Luke's partner as anyone. Yes. And so uh, what I loved with 3PO, and I'd never heard this one before, was when he says to Han after Leia gives him Han a little bit of attitude and Han looks at 3PO and 3PO looks to Han and says princesses 
Oh, I didn't even catch that. I didn't catch it before either, <laughs> and I lost it. I thought that was hilarious. Because there's no bigger princess in Star Wars than C-3PO. I know, no kidding. <laughs> that's great. I didn't know about that either. I just caught it the first time this time. That's all I got from this 20. Uh, yeah, that's all I have too. I mean, what, what won the 20? Do I have anything else? There's an amazing shot of three TIE fighters coming in against the sun. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Han using Chewie's bowcaster saying he likes this thing. It's really good. The that's force, one, that's the, one of mine. The force sees that Kylo uses and on Rey is pretty cool. Uh, and then the Poe Finn reunion. Uh, oh, and Chewie flirting with the triage nurse was also kind of funny. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. That, 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 was, that felt really old school Star Wars it did. to me. Yeah. It felt really original trilogy and I it was silly. Chewie in general feels like old school Star Wars to me. Yeah, he does. He really can't do any wrong as it, long as they keep doing that tone. It's true. He was the best part of Solo. Yeah. Hands down, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, he was consistent. Uh, just a little bit in the news, and then we'll get into kind of rumors and theories and such. Okay. Um, saw in a in a Hux comic, uh, kind of the, the ones that are being issued as Age of Resistance, like kind of as the lead up to The Rise of Skywalker, uh, just a little... Uh, shot of of him and kylo prior to the force awakens and uh, at the very end of the comic uh huck says to kylo vader needed his mask you wear yours to hide the faces of your rebel scum parents oh that is a that is a burn that is that is a sick burn (laughs) yeah that is get over yourself you child i not only like uh am insulting your whole family but you're a punk ass bitch yeah i know it's a pretty (laughs) cold line a pretty awesome line from kyla from uh, hux yep uh also giancarlo esposito talking about his character uh moff gideon is his character's name in the mandalorian oh okay uh the empire has basically fallen so their relationship with bounty hunters is a little tenuous i think they want to extinguish them because they create disorder the bounty system means that there's no money coming into them we can't tax that little bit so it'll be interesting to see what happens out in that relationship we all need order in the world and this is an empire that's fallen it has no order that's a little bit of a description he has there yeah um is there anything else in the kind of i did i did see that uh they like every six months they have these big movie prop auctions where they like yes. raise a bunch of money vader's and you helmet. Ca- no that didn't hear about vader's helmet oh yeah that's one of like in the current big movie auction yeah. vader's helmet is one of the items no i heard about mace windu's lightsaber oh really yeah and i don't know if there's more than one prop out there but it seems to me Samuel L. Jackson probably has one of these things. Oh, he around, does. But, but there's one of them going up for auction, and it's a, a Mace Windu lightsaber, which I guess probably has BMF on the hilt. Probably does. Yeah, somewhere. famously If it does. was used, it should. That's right. Uh, but yeah, Darth Vader's helmet has been circulating in a lot of places. As oh, that's the, huge. The lead item. In, From what movie? I don't remember, but there are a, a, bunch, a bunch of them. So. I have no doubt, but I actually, still. I watched a little uh, Revenge of the Sith uh, making of five-minute vignette today. Uh, and it was but pouring the mold of Darth Vader's helmet. And so apparently his helmet was never symmetrical in the original trilogy. <laughs> okay. And so they saw that as an opportunity to correct it for Revenge of the Sith. And they made him a symmetrical mel- helmet. What was asymmetrical about it? I think the... Um, I'm not quite sure. but Just I, subtly. Uh, yeah, I think it was the bow. I think it was the bowing of the, the odor part of the helmet. I'm, okay. not, I'm not 100% the sure. Uh, the way they pointed to it was very quick. And so I just I just kept watching it out of enjoyment. What's it made out of? Uh, it's like a casted, like they, um, they make half of it and then they like 3d print the other half, right. they make a mold and then they paint the inside of the mold with like a metal black lacquer. Cause it has to be layer it, layer it, layer it. And it has they, to be light. Right. And they peel off the, uh, I don't think so. I think no? it's metal. Well, okay. But like in, in, in 
in canon it would be very metal and very heavy but no, it can't it be, be as heavy as it would no, be no that's true yeah hayden christensen was adamant about wearing the suit though apparently he had to beg them they didn't want him let him do it because well, it not wasn't very big. it wasn't that they didn't let him do it it was just that he had to like it would have been just so easy to not have to get hayden christensen to do it just get any random person any giant person to do it you didn't Tra- have to do anything traditionally the voice never does play the body anyway exactly it's yeah just, he really wanted to be the guy to wear the suit even sure. though all he has to do is cross his arms sure so i thought yeah. that was cool that is cool um kenobi uh i thought it was interesting i was just thinking about it what if we get a little bit of our boba fett satisfaction there that'd be cool so do a little bit of throwback to the Django fett obi-wan chase scene in attack of the clones and Vader doesn't want to send an Inquisitor maybe after Obi-Wan because he wants him for himself, mm-hmm. but he needs somebody to find him. So he sends Boba Fett, and you get Boba okay. Fett to be kind of your main antagonist for... Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. For like a couple of the episodes, but have Vader as your looming presence that he can then address in the, like the final episode or something. That's great. I mean, I don't want to build on the story anyway, but if you can put him in there just for fan service, that's your opportunity. Yeah. He I looks thought, great on Tatooine anyway. And the, yeah, the timing of it works. I mean, I don't necessarily know if I want Obi-Wan to stay on Tatooine, but... Uh, there's going to be some Tatooine in this there's show. There's going to be, absolutely, yeah. which is great. Uh, okay. Bunch of stuff in the film and rumor and theories world. Uh, I just want to start out with one that I... I think I put together this week, uh, and I think it's obvious. I think it's been staring us in the face. I could be wrong, um, but Order 66. I'm familiar with it. The Other Orders. Oh, okay. I read about Order 151. Okay. Which was what... Palpatine was a son of a bitch. What if Vader turns on him? Oh, wow. Then I thought about it. What would be Order 1? Okay. Well, assuming all of the orders are like say, panic re- emergencies. Just say the sentence. Say like, t- tell me what that. What would be order one? Yeah. So the, the second order might be. But what would be the first order? Oh. <laughs> it's been staring us in the face the entire time. Palpatine dying is the first order. It's order one. That's the contingency plan. This is what happens if Palpatine dies. First order. I like it. It's just been staring us in the face the entire time. And that's the best way that all the fans can just in a snap of a finger see, oh, it's just the same bad guys. Yeah. This makes sense now. Right. The first order was anything Palpatine dies. It also still helps to keep Palpatine in the story because we're still just doing his plan. Yeah. That's great. It's, it shows that he's been the puppet master since the prequels that he had this planned out. Right. He, he planned losing he planned the notion of what happens if vader betrays me or somebody betrays me and if snoke wasn't directly uh palpatine himself he's easily a stand-in for him he needed somebody to be able to conduct some of these things and there's a lot of different theories as to who that could have been probably was snoke in some way shape or form and how palpatine was in 100 percent controlling snoke in some way shape or form that's Um, fascinating i just i I kind of put it together this week and it seems too easy to like just fill in a lot of blanks for everybody right and it fits with what we know we know the first order is born out of palpatine's um like palpatine supporters who want to kind of keep the reign of the empire going and restart it in a different way and that the first order was built out of instructions provided by palpatine just makes sense to be part of those same orders maybe we should have called our podcast the first recorder that's what I was thinking. I was, yeah. I was, I, it's just, it would work perfectly. That's actually what I put in brackets here. Yeah. <laughs> the 
first recorder. Well, Duh. It's good to know. If anyone else wants it, <laughs> yeah. you will look like you stole it from us. You will definitely look like it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just it seems too easy to be able to explain things, and it it's goes great. in really well with a few more of the other theories that I have, which are which are a lot of fun. Um, so let's get into... Uh, Let's get into the main one as to what I think Ray is. Because okay. everybody's been kind of theorizing about Ray. The clone thing is really blowing the hell up. Right. People on the internet are using clone for a weird number of things. People f- seem to forget that the word clone it means a replica. Right. People seem to think that if you create a Petri ditch of like Jedi DNA, that that's a clone. of No, it's not. Nope. It's, a, it's a creation of... Yeah, that's what? stem cell kind of. Exactly. And yeah. so we're not going to get that. What we're going to get is potentially... The stem cell army. Well, that's the thing. That's Attack of the stems. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yes, it is. But like, that's where a lot of people are going. And you can go the clone route. And the clone thing, it can make sense with what works for canon. But I think if we're going to get clones, it's more than likely going to be the guys all wearing red with the divided faces who just so happen to be in stormtrooper uniforms who have popped up out of the blue and they're a large army. Yes. When have we seen this before? I mean, it, it's, it seems pretty clear that if there's going to be clones, it's the... Sith Troopers, not Rey. Right. Uh, this vision that we see of her, yes, she looks a little bit different, but it doesn't, like, maybe it's a twin, but there's nothing that's ever pointed to her having a sibling. And then if she has a sibling, then who's the parent? And yeah. if there's a parent, then that's what we really care about, not that she has a sibling. So true. So none of that really matters. No, it would, it would require so much explanation. Because Kylo is her counterbalance, not Dark Rey. That's right. However. So that leaves possession and vision. Exactly. Yeah. They can kind of be a bit of the same thing. Yeah. In terms of temptation from Palpatine. So I was kind of going through it in the way I think some of this stuff could work. Uh, and if you have Palpatine being the first Skywalker, like I kind of mentioned before, and then he kind of created Ray. And so if he created Ray, uh, he could have also, and I mentioned this a while back as a theory, but I'm going to kind of bring it up because it does fit in with everything else that I've been saying. Um, and it's just, why not? Because it's fun. Uh, and it fits better with the title. But... Maybe he created Ray way back when. Maybe he created Ray right after he realized what happened with Anakin. Right. When he realized, oh shit, it worked. We created this guy. And we'll okay. watch your career with great interest. Right. And then he goes, okay, now Shmi, let's she let's steal her. So get the Tuscan Raiders to take her away. And then That'll motivate his anger. Yeah, but that also in the same time, Palpatine will be able to steal the second kid that he made her pregnant with and in artificially inseminated with the Force the same way he did with Anakin and that same kind Shmi's of way. pregnant again, did you say? Why not? If you're going to try and bring in a sibling relationship, why not make it Anakin's sister, throw her in carbonite, right. and have her frozen that way? There is word that from George Lucas's treatments, the main character was supposed to be a carbon-frozen character from the prequels. Right. That a main character from the sequels was supposed to be carbon-frozen from the prequels. Now... Who knows how much they've abandoned of what George Lucas had there, but George Lucas was the one who initially had Luke Skywalker on Octo. Right. He was the one who set up a lot of the stuff that J.J. went with for The Force Awakens, and so if that's some of the initial idea thinking, you can connect that in a very clear way. And it's something that doesn't take a lot of exposition. Uh, no, it doesn't. Because all you have to do is show Palpatine just kind of reaffirming, hey, remember that Darth Plagueis the Wise conversation? I'm just going to bring that up here and just so everybody knows that I'm also Anakin's father. I mean, we didn't do a great job conveying that Revenge of the Sith, so I'm just going to remind everybody here. So let's do that reveal. And now I'm also Ray's father too. Or something. You, know who, you know who else's sister she is, though, if that's the case? Owen Lars. Maybe. 
But also under the same vein, it's not necessarily Kleegler's kid. I guess, but like she shacks up with Kleegler's pretty soon after, right? Yeah. He, he buys her and then, you know, if she gets pregnant again, she's not going to assume it's Immaculate Conception again. She's going to think that's her husband. Yeah, she's going to think that, but yeah. she doesn't get to keep the kid. No true. Palpy steals her away. Right. Obviously, there's not like a, hun- a ton of things that really work directly. Well, there's with no Lars is left to be living with that secret. Yeah, anyway. and, and that may not be the case. However, it does make her a Skywalker directly. Yes. Which is nice and clean. And also, it's a reveal of a sibling in the final movie, the final chapter. So there's a couple check marks that it hits in terms of mirroring that is really nice, brings in carbonite. So there's a bunch of cool ways, and it's just a fun little theory. Right. But the Palpatine being the creation, and metaphorically, she will be Anakin's sister, and metaphorically, Palpatine will be her father is the one thing I'm very, very confident about. If she is actually like Anakin's sister, that'd be super cool too. It also makes her Luke's aunt. Yes. Which is weird. It is weird. But then again, (laughs) Star Wars having weird relationships like that within families is the theme. You're right. You're so right. (laughs) It really is. You're so right. Um, Also, remember when I was having fun uh, brainstorming about those Rogue One projects? Yes. I went back to it. So Pax Aurora, the one that I associated with a peaceful dawn or... Like a peaceful, blissful morning light. Right. Zori so, Bliss. Zori Bliss. Or potentially Ray in that regard. Well, I decided maybe that's not it at all. Let's go a totally different route. Sure. So what if, let's look up just the words individually. So Pax. Pax either meaning peaceful or a sacred slab. And a sacred slab that is often kissed. Okay. You mean like an Ark of the Covenant? I don't know. Okay. But... When I hear a slab that's kissed, and then I hear Aurora, I think of Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Oh. Pax Aurora. Yeah. And then I think of what's a Sleeping Beauty style style comparison for Star Wars? Carbonite. Carbonite. And what happens right after Han is freed? Kiss from Leia. So... Sort of a Pax Aurora, maybe it's a long-term carbon freezing chamber, the one that Palpatine created to freeze Rey for so many years Man. as a child and keep her alive. That's yours? That's mine. That's good. Thank you. That's good. I, when I when I caught the Sleeping Beauty thing, I got really excited. And That's when nice. I, I looked up Pax and it, it, I saw a tablet or slab and I saw kissed and I was like, oh, this is great. That is nice. <laughs> so that, that could be a cool one. Uh, that after the fact, if we find out that Ray has been carbon frozen, mm-hmm. she is Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That's right. Yeah. Who has to be, I was going to say, woken up by a kiss. I don't think Sleeping Beauty has anything to do with a kiss, does she? That's uh, Snow White. That is Snow White, but probably also because just I mean, there's the way a that those stories are done. Right. But in that same vein... We're also not really writing a romantic story about Ray. No, but also The Force Awakens. Yeah. The Force of awoken in her and that's what woke her up in that regard that's right Uh, but it also would be a double play on the fact that she was asleep in hibernation at a point that's right and i wonder how long she's been awake when the force awakens begins maybe is she just filled with false memories that aren't real that's also a possibility yeah i saw i was she does have a little camp built i know but i was thinking of those ticks in the wall those are convenient as hell yeah maybe she hasn't put all those there yeah maybe not maybe they were all maybe a good chunk of them were there Right. But then again, she did see herself in the vision when she touched the lightsaber. So I do think... She remembers that. I do think she was frozen at a young age, if that's the case. Yes. I do think that maybe, and this is also what I got down here, is what if she was frozen on, car, on like in a carbon slab on a Star Destroyer 
the one that crashes that she's exploring in the very first scene we meet her. So I know that uh, Han maybe... Solo is not the extent of the carbon freezing they've done in canonical Star Wars. No. Now. Like there's a whole other plot line where a lot of major Star Wars characters are carbon frozen in Clone Wars, is yep. it? Uh, is it established anywhere that you do not age when you're carbon frozen? No. Okay. But it's conceivable. I, I think that's a very, very conceivable notion. Sure. Because... Uh, I mean, it Han's just, not frozen that long. No, but it just it, it seems to make sense that way, and yep. it like freezes your vital organs, so you shouldn't age. It wouldn't make sense. Uh, you're not the reason why Anakin froze himself in Carbonite in the Clone Wars was because he needed to be on the ship and not be detected by scanners. Right. So they reprogrammed some battle droids, had the battle droids fly the ship, and then they just stacked themselves in carbon slabs. Okay. And so that they weren't recognized. Right. On the scanners. Gotcha. Uh, so. I don't know. I think that could be cool. Um, but uh, let me get back to kind of what I was, what was I just saying? Oh, yeah. The Star Destroyer. Yeah. So the Star Destroyer that we see, maybe the junk traders found her on the Star Destroyer. Very possible. And then they just, they opened it up and then she was like there. And so they just well, sold Well, except her. for that Unkar plot is in the Force Vision. Yeah. So the, he's the junk trader who, who got her. Yeah. But potentially those junk traders found her, sold yeah. her to Unkar plot and left. Oh, I see. The junk traders. As... It doesn't say Ray's from that. It says that Ray's not from Jakku, or Jakku's an unfamiliar world, but who's to say that she wasn't just found and sold immediately? And these these parents are this family that she appears to be remembering. She doesn't know anything about them. No. She's just the concept of this family. Right. Or this the someone who left her behind. They must have been nicer to her than Unkar Plutt is, though. I don't know if she knows anything. I guess. I don't think she has a memory of them being nice or not nice, necessarily. And she's like six in that vision. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty young. Or younger, yeah. Um, anyway, so a uh, couple other cool things that I think could be could be interesting. Um, Palpatine, I think, is the Force Storm that we see in the trailer. Okay. So the storm, the lightning that we see in the sky. Um, we see Kylo Ren uh, dragging his saber across like a ground where there's lightning going on in the background. He's yeah. getting out of his tie dagger. Yeah. If you change the lighting on that, it very, very, very could, very well could be Pasana. Oh. So it could be right after Ray flips over his TIE fighter and cuts it. So it looks from an angle like it's a bit, like if you brighten the image and you see the one where Kylo is walking with his lightsaber ignited, it looks a little bit like his TIE dagger got screwed up sure and so it could literally be right after ray cuts it but then why is it all like crazy outside right and automatically like stormy so maybe a storm comes about but i do believe and i was digging deep into dark empire which is a very famous comic series that came out um for post return of the jedi and in the 90s i think and it involved palpatine cloning himself and people are referring looking to that one for that being potential clues as to how palpatine's come back but I think the more potential side of things is like the force storm. Yeah. And that is one of the powers that he brings back. We just saw Yoda use lightning in The Last Jedi. What if Palpatine is all that crazy lightning in the sky? Um, well, so he's really... controlling that. Pal lightning is Palpatine. Those two are synonymous in Star Wars. That and we have been... Oh, I like that too. That's a good point. It's also been understood for years that a Jedi gets to live on as an even more powerful being post yeah. their, their organic body. If they're strong enough, they do anyway. Well, yeah, Palpatine, they, they understand. Is, Palpatine is as strong and as learned in his own craft as anybody is. And he's so obsessed with himself. 
Yeah, and eternity. Yes. His, his permanence. Exactly. Yeah. And so it just, it works a lot of those things, whether it's like he clung to Vader's mask or who knows what. Uh, but I have a couple other cool theories along those lines that could make sense. Okay, let's go. Um, also, this is uh, kind of what I call my red outline theory. And so there was bits of this that were uh, online, but they were really not as strong as they should have been. So the Star Destroyers. Yep. They do have red lines on them. On Jakku. No, the Star Destroyers that are in the sky and the Rise of Skywalker, they're all lined up. Okay. So they're Imperial Star Destroyers, but they do have red lines on them. Like First Order lines? Just red lines. Okay. Red trim on the side. Okay. It's not much, but you can see it in the sense that uh, if you change the coloration of the photo, you can see on one of them that if you heighten the... That that is a red stripe. And we've never seen a stripe on any of these things before. No, just a a small one along the sides. It's not very big, but then there's also one other shot... Where if you freeze the frame in the right angle, you can see a Star Destroyer in battle with a red stripe. Okay. So it's they're clearly, those are the ones. They have a red stripe. Yeah. They're different is what you're saying from what we're used to. They have a red stripe. Okay. Okay. Kylo's helmet has red veins all throughout it. It's rebuilt that way. Right. Uh, Ray's saber has uh, red, uh, her, her, her Darth, her dark rays saber her double a has red trim sure uh the sith troopers are head to toe in red yeah uh in the trailer we see red catching the graflex uh, ray catching the graflex with a red cloth wrapped around her hand true uh red in my i believe that everything the red is touching is controlled by palpatine so kylo's helmet the red around his mind palpatine's been controlling his mind the star destroyers they got red along the sides. They're literally in the sidelines, and they have red sidelines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sith Troopers, this is going to be Order 66 again. Yeah. The Sith Troopers are head to toe in red because when Palpatine flicks the switch, they're 100% his. Okay. In the kind of toys world, they was released that the Sith Troopers report to Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. Oh. That doesn't make sense. No. Why are you saying that they are specifically reporting to Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren when everything, like toy-wise, has Kylo Ren listed as Supreme Leader Kylo Ren? Oh, wait, Everyone really? I didn't know reports that. to Kylo Ren. Yeah. So why are you distinguishing that the Sith Troopers report to Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren? It only means a couple things. Kylo either loses the First Order or he loses those specific Sith Troopers to either the Knights of Ren or somebody else. Right. As the reason was to why you need to specify that they're under his control because they're not going to be under his control. That's the reason they don't, they don't, why you don't describe troopers like that. It just doesn't make sense. That's true. And so it kind of is a standout. And then you have Ray with the red around her hand. Maybe Palpatine's going to force her hand in some way. Maybe hmm. she's the Emperor's hand. Uh, maybe they're taking those kind of key pieces of Mara Jade and that that was what she was supposed to do because... If she turns evil, Mara, Mara Jade does. No, Brief, the, briefly. Well, no, the Emperor had her as an assassin. Yeah. And then she was like in his kind of orders post-death. Uh, her job was to manipulate Luke Skywalker. She fell in love with him instead. Ah. And then she turned to the good side. Okay. Um. And I think actually, I think Jason Solo, who's Ben Solo, ends up killing Mara Jade. Oh, okay. Um, so, but anyway, they're they're not going to be using those things. But in potentially the Emperor's Hand notion, they could be recycling. And so maybe that's what Palpatine's showing Ray in the Dark Vision. Maybe saying, "This is what you could have been become. You're important. You're important to me." 
And that's the kind of thing that would tempt Ray, obviously. Yeah. Because that's all she wants is somebody to care about her. But then, she has lots of people who care about her now. Well, and that's the thing. Because she rejects Kylo, who says, uh, you don't matter, but you matter to me. And she right. says it in The Last Jedi, and then yeah. she rejects that. And so we'll kind of see if maybe the, the higher temptation of someone like Palpatine can break her down. Um, but kind of remains to be seen in that regard. Okay, that's very curious. I don't know. It just it seems like there's an awful lot of red, and there's no way in the world that the red around her hand isn't something. No, not when Star Wars has always paid such attention to the symbolic nature yeah. of colors. And like, it's another thing that's also pointing towards hands, yeah. which are everywhere in this as well. And so, and red has always meant evil in Star Wars, but even more so in these movies, it seems. Yeah, but it just it seems like too many of the things are directly aligned with what the emperor sure seems to be going to be influencing because I mean, what things can he have power over mm. there's only so much um like how he can introduce himself back into the story and it's kind of not... has to be through ray in a certain way right. because with the emperor he had to know vader was one day going to turn on him okay so if vader's one day going to turn on him how does he like align who's gonna be his next apprentice is it gonna be luke well, maybe when he was planning way, way, way back, maybe the reason why he created Rey was so that when Vader betrayed him, he could kill Vader. Yeah, and, and she's a child Rey. again. Yeah. Or better yet, he could he could wait for maybe Luke would kill Vader. Then we don't even need to unfreeze Rey until I need to kill Luke. That's right. And so he almost had like that person in He's keeping waiting. like a briar patch of like new and younger, which kind of makes you wonder, is there another one in the waiting? Well, that's what some people are thinking of, and that's where people are thinking of what Dark Ray could be, like her twin. And like, right. that's what I, I don't think it is. I right. think it's more likely that Dark Ray is what she could become. And maybe, maybe it's a temptation piece that um, the Graflex is a key. Yep. And that the whole reason as to why Kylo wants the Graflex is because he knows the Graflex will unleash Palpatine. Maybe Palpatine did something along those lines and booby-trapped it. Maybe. And that he's just trying to get Ray to lash out at Dark Ray. And then that sets something off. Who knows? That's true, because, you know, both Palpatine and the Graflex get tossed down a different pit. It's not the same one, and it's not the same movie. But who's the most likely one to find that Graflex first? If he's still alive. Who has the resources? Well, it was episode five. It Empire Strikes Back. Oh, Palpatine yeah, yeah. would have had the resources to find that lightsaber. And if he wanted to circulate it, and get it so that it would call to the person, maybe call to the heir that he had put out there into the world, the one who could claim it and then kill Darth Vader and bring him back. Right. That way, by him having the lightsaber out there, it would always be out there for somebody to kill Darth Vader because maybe he didn't assume that Darth Vader would be the one to kill him. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he assumed Darth Vader would be the one to kill him and would live. He knew that he would run out of a, a use for Darth Vader, for sure. Yes, but like... One way or another, he knew he wasn't going to want him forever. But he wasn't necessarily... Like, why would he think that Darth Vader was going to be... was also going to die while killing him? Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't necessarily no. know that. So maybe there's a bit of, you know, setting up the Skywalkers to really, really have, like, like maybe it is all just to pay Ben back for everything that he's pissed at for Anakin. Maybe. So could be anything along those lines. Is that all you got? There's more, but you know what? I think we can get into it another week because it's not like it's gonna and anything's ever gonna be revealed. No. We have so much fun we can chat about. That's absolutely true. There are no birthday wishes this week. None. So happy birthday to everybody. And anybody. Uh, and for uh, Gotta Cast One, I thought I'd do it a little bit differently this week. Rather than Gotta Cast One, uh, we amend it to Gotta Hire One. Okay. As a director I figured, yep. of a Star Wars movie. So uh, if you were going to make a new one-off Star Wars movie, 
Um, who would you hire as a director? Danny Boyle or David Fincher? One, uh, both fabulous uh, yes. and, and cinematic uh, filmmakers. One very vibrant and and raucous. The other one very dark and ominous. Mm. Danny Boyle, Train Spotting, Slumdog Millionaire. Mm. Yesterday, most recently, David Fincher, uh, um, Seven, Fight Club, uh, The Social Network, Social Network, Gone yeah. Girl, David Fincher. Yeah, I think it. I think when it comes to the kind of epic that you need on 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 a film scale, which is what it would be in this case. Uh, I think you can tell a really strong character story of the Sith. Uh, and I think you need to tell it from that perspective. Yeah. It needs to be a character-based story if it's going to be about the Sith. Uh, he could tackle that in a similar way that you have almost empathy for Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> sure. Um, I I don't know. I think the the... David Fincher is more of an he's more of an auteur than Danny Boyle. He definitely uses source material, but Danny Boyle, I don't know him ever to write an original script. I'm probably wrong about that, but like it seems like his stuff is always based on a book. And David Fincher's isn't always. They both can come into an existing world, is what I'm saying. But usually, like David Fincher's pretty keen on building it himself. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily pick either of them. Um, I don't necessarily. I think they're both probably a little two in their own element, sure. two in their own style. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily want that to leak into Star Wars the way certain things it's a good thing for. Um, like the way I'd love to see Christopher Nolan leak into a Bond. Um, I actually don't know. I like. I, I think, I don't know if Danny Boyle, he has a style, but like it's not in the most signature way. Not not like Spike Lee has a style, you no. know? Like he doesn't have any like signature shots. Like uh, there would be a lot of sunshine in a Danny Boyle Star Wars movie, but that's okay. Yep. That's an okay thing. Yeah, but I think it, I, I I think for what you would want to accomplish, you could accomplish if you were trying to accomplish something specific with David Fincher. David Fincher would be the right guy to hire. Yeah. Like if there was something you were going for in terms of like strong dialogue, suspense, um, kind of very dark, obviously. Like, yeah, but like a very thrilling nature to it, something that would get the fans talking. Uh, there, like David Fincher's great for that, but I don't think it, like if there's, I don't think you'd ever pick Danny Boyle for if you wanted a specific style, you could get somebody else who would be able to do it better in the Star Wars way than Danny Boyle. Don't forget, Danny Boyle almost directed a Bond movie. Yeah, it was, the, was it the recent one? Twenty five. That's in production. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's that doesn't necessarily, uh, but I, I think that's one kind of thing where he, you could kind of go either way. Like if you're going. To try and get a specific style, I don't think you would go to Danny Boyle for really anything. Okay. Ooh, fighting words. No, for anything in the Star Wars world. Like, <laughs> in, like specifically, there are certain people. Uh, Ryan Coogler is someone who I thought did such a good job with Black Panther. I think there's a lot of things that translate well in that movie uh, that can work well in the Star Wars universe. Um, but I disagree. I would pick Danny Boyle. Over you David, really would David pick Danny Fitcher. Boyle? Definitely, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Why? And I, because I think it's going to be more fun. I think it's. I think that he can. But he, I wouldn't pay, then. He could tell it. He can tell a human story too. That's what Train Spotting is. It yeah. was like this really like deep character story. I haven't about, seen Train about, Spotting. I mean, make some time. But it's it's not it's not a blast. No. But like it's a good movie. Uh, and it's and it's a and it's about people. It's a people story. Okay. And well, that's what Star Wars is about. Exactly. But like a lot of them are high adventures too. Look at Slumdog Millionaire. 
Yeah, I mean, I I would never in my first thought associate. Okay, let's get the guy from Slumdog Millionaire for Star Wars. There are gangs in Slumdog Millionaire. There's trains. There's uh, there's Beautiful. like thieves on the streets. Yeah. There's 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 lots of like comparable tones. In fact, sure. But then I think of Gone Girl or a comparison along those lines. I don't know. <coughs> I don't think Danny Boyle necessarily for Star Wars first thought. I think. I think you go for a J.J. Abrams if you want a movie like that. Right. That's the thing. Like, if you want somebody who can do kind of that fun, like, the one, the, the person who would actually want for a Star Wars, I would go elsewhere, potentially. Well, let us know what you think. Would you rather cast uh, or hire Danny Boyle or David Fincher to direct a Star Wars movie? Hypothetically, you can tweet us at Recorder66 or email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on your preferred podcast app. If you want to be caught up to where we are by next week, watch the first what, a hundred minutes of Star Wars The Force Awakens? Yeah. And until we are together again, may the Force be with you. Yeah.